Hello and welcome to Clean Beauty Asia's podcast. I'm your host, Ali Rook. This interview series is a collection of conversations with people who operate, support and facilitate beauty brands doing business in Asia. My aim is to provide valuable insights and information to make your beauty brand's transition into Asia as smooth and successful as possible. This first series is dedicated to cross-border e-commerce in China, and I really hope you find it valuable. Thank you so much for listening. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of my interview series. Today, we have Holly Kim back. She did an interview with us a while back on trends in China. If you haven't watched it or listened to it, please do, because it's one of our most popular episodes. Holly is head of data business at Measure Commerce. She's originally from Korea, but has lived in China and the US and is now focused on helping beauty brands make data-based decisions in the competitive and rapidly growing markets in Asia. She has a wealth of data at her fingertips, so we've got a lot to discuss today, and I'm very happy to have you back. Welcome back, Holly. Thank you so much, Ali, for having me again today at your session, interview session. Great. So I think today it would be great to talk about, um, you know, we're, we're, we're not talking about China today. We've done a great episode on China, so we want to focus on some other um, key markets. So today, I really wanted to take a look at, um, obviously, at Measure Commerce, you guys have trends for loads of markets in Asia at your fingertips. Yeah. Where do you feel is the most dynamic at the moment? Um, I think, I mean, China is one market that is really, really dynamic. But I feel like there are so many people who actually, like, educate others on the China market data. So maybe I, I kind of want to shift that to focus on the K-beauty trends right now, mm-hmm. because I just look, realized that by looking at the Korean data, Korean beauty trends data, um, the market moves really, really fast. And people are really um, sensitive at those new trends that's going on in the markets. And a lot of beauty brands are actually emerging as well as showing the new product launches. So I, I kind of want to um, focus our session today on the Korean beauty trends. Okay, yeah, that sounds great. I think Korea has been a market for many years that has been an inspiration for many brands yeah. um, and many, many different um, and you know, the K-beauty trend in the US, in other markets, also in China has been has been developing. But I think there's been some recent news that that, sh- that shifted a bit. So I would be really interested yeah. to hear about um, what, what you feel about, about the K-beauty trends at the moment. Yeah, I mean, uh, just like other countries, like Korean beauty trends are really also mainly focused on clean beauty as well. However, like people talk about those kind of like non-waste kind of packaging and stuff like that. But um, I feel that in Korea, like when we talk about clean beauty, people think about the vegan trends first. And that's how the market actually has been gen- um, um, generated over the past few years. 
because like Korean beauty was something very new to us. However, like people have used clean beauty as a big umbrella and then underneath there are just clean, um, the vegan trends. So it's kind of goes parallel to each other unlike other markets. So I think that's kind of the biggest difference that we have, I just see through the data. That's, that is really interesting because, you know, a few years ago when I was in Korea and I was obviously looking specifically at clean beauty and Korea definitely seemed to be leading clean beauty yeah. in, in Asia. I mean, really, Korea was the only market that was talking about it, um, <laughs> you know, a few years ago. And a lot of brands, Korean brands, were using EWG as yeah. a rating system. Right. Uh, but even more so than in many Western markets. And Korean consumers, mm -hmm. sophisticated consumers, understood a bit about what EWG was. And so there was right. this sort of, I guess that was the ingredient safety piece. Yeah. And it's, it sounds like from what you're saying that it's actually progressed into this, yes. from that to towards the vegan. To the vegan, vegan. yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, here, like we have so many brands, like new brands that's, emerging that focus on vegan and i'm not sure if you have heard about um the derma brand called dr g hmm. yeah. that's a korean brand and they are also focusing on clean derma beauty mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. rather than like derma mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. so i think the uh, clean beauty itself is actually um fast fast growing especially when um mz generations are there more focused and then more very open towards to these kind of vegan and clean beauty trends. And um, what do you think is the motivation for Korean consumers buying clean beauty? Um, so I think, because I just saw the, some of the reviews that through Olive Young and mm -hmm. like the, the other day, and then I searched the vegan as a keyword to see the review and a lot of people think vegan is very safe mm. and yeah not only for the product itself but for the env environment itself as well and mm. also it's because uh, many 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 korean people think our skin is very sensitive and mm -hmm. they want something um, a good skincare routine to protect their skin right um, so for the ingredient wise, vegan is something that they can trust upon when using it. An interesting review that I read the other day was that um, people assume that vegan, vegan product also have those kind of um, product smell very, it's not like very, the scent itself is kind of like more towards to mild and very, um, planetary kind of scent they expect that and then also purchase the product mm. it's so interesting because obviously in in the western market vegan is is very much obviously it comes from uh food you know so more and more yeah. people are becoming what what's happening in korea in terms of the food space are, is there a big veganism trend um actually like i don't think veganism is a new trend for the food but people are really upset, obsessed on the exercising and being healthy. So generally, because of those trends, a lot of salad place and vegan mm. place has been, yeah, in the market, has 
has yeah opened in the market and I also eat a lot of salad during the lunch break mm-hmm. because like I don't feel like I cons- consume enough those kind of um, vegetables mm-hmm. so I think that's mm-hmm. becoming a tr- one of the trend but not like vegetarian or like that as what we see in yeah in other countries in Europe yeah, so, or so, in America so not actually not actually vegan yeah but the, this this idea of the vegan representing a lifestyle yeah and that lifestyle. lifestyle from a food aspect but also obviously into the beauty side and when exactly. a brand is vegan it represents the clean part but also the environmental yeah. part so that's mm-hmm. interesting on, on the environmental aspect how do you feel that Korean consumers are looking at the environment. Are they much more aware of the impacts now? Um, yeah, I think gradually, yes. And also um, MZ generation, they are really, really um, not not like other other like 30s, 40s, those kind of mm. um, people, but MZ generation, they are really interested in those kind of environmental issues as well. But I don't think it's, it's a huge, huge portion, but no. I, I think still getting there. That's how yeah. I feel about it. Yeah. And it's interesting that Korean brands are using, you know, they're obviously seeing this trend and therefore they're, they're getting, I presume they're getting vegan certified, are they? Yes. 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 Mm. Yeah. And so, yeah. Is, e, is EWG still something that they oh, use? Yeah. yeah. So it's both, right? It's both. It's both. It's both. So also the certificate itself and also the um, other kind of um, packaging ingredients and all other aspects are also being used. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. And, and my final question on this is, um, do you find that these new Korean brands coming through, are they really emphasizing their brand story? Mm- and their founder story, or are they still very much product-led? Um, good question. I think it kind of goes both ways. Um, actually, uh, very indie brands, new launching, those kind of indie brands, some, some actually do focus on the brand story and, and the CEO or the employees of that company actually shows up in the commercials, like the media, not the not the um, kind of a TV advertisement, those mm-hmm. kind of medias, but um, but like crowdfunding platform, mm-hmm. such as what is in Korea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you're promoting your product in those kind of crowdfunding um, platforms, they actually use those kind of brand stories from CEO and the employees too. And then they also use their products and then show oh, this is good because of that. And this is actually working on your skin and it's very, it's not harmful and stuff like that. Mm. But mostly still, um, I think we are still really focusing on the um, benefits and ingredients based driven. Yeah. 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 And I I think that is still a big distinction with the generally Asian brands versus Western brands. You know, Western brands are, are still heavily talking about the brand stories and the founders and then um well asian brands obviously more product efficacy led so yeah yeah Yeah. and interesting part is that um there are so many new indie brands that's actually um selling doing really really well in korea so it even though like their pricing is also not that high at all Mm. 
So it is very easy to um, try and test. Because, mm. yeah. And then after people are actually purchasing it and then apply on your skin and they, and people know this product is actually good. Mm. It, it, yeah, it kind of values money. So they keep purchasing, purchasing those kind of indie brands as well. Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. So in terms of out, coming out of those brands, what are some real hot trends coming out of the okay. Korean brands? Um, I can think of actually uh, um, two. One is what I mentioned about vegan, but this vegan trend is actually extending to makeup trends. So yeah. not only, yeah, not only brands uh, are focusing on vegan skincare, but also focusing on vegan makeup. Mm -hmm. And so many non-vegan brands are also launching vegan cushions. So I think that's something very new to me. And also another hot trend that I kind of, I think we have is Shika. So Korea has so many <laughs> brands and products that actually emphasize Shika. But this Shika was also being used in essence or a cream, this kind of like very heavy and very uh, concentrated, those kind of concentrated um, levels. Mm -hmm. But Shika trend has also shifted to cleanser. So many brands mm -hmm. are also launching Shika trend, uh, cleansings and stuff like that. But behind all this, the background itself is that they want something calming to their skin and then to increase your skin barrier. And those kind of trends added with um, vegan. Okay, so Shika, explain a little bit more about Shika. It's an ingredient. Yeah, it's an ingredient. It's kind of like um, it's a plantary ingredient. Right. So yeah, it kind um before when we don't really know about shika, like in Korea, people are keep talking about shika to reduce your acne. Okay. Yeah, but now like, I think it's just a if like people keep talk about shika, you know. So they are um. Yeah, so a lot of other brands want to really know about what's next Shika, you know? Mm. And you say it's linked main, now. Mainstream. You're saying it's linked now to calming because, because yeah. the, what you alluded to before about people feeling that they have very sensitive skin. Mm -hmm. and, and that mm -hmm. is probably partially, I mean, there's a few reasons for that, right? Overuse of product, too many products. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And also, and also some sort of... Um, like uh, surgery or um, yeah. other uh, procedures that make your skin more sensitive. Right? Yeah, because like, also I think because we, we use masks every day. Mm. We take, we take masks every day. So, mm. um, and yeah, and then the environment itself as well, you know, the dust in the, in the air, yeah. Mm. Because I think that's something that I'm also seeing in China as well, that, that uh, real demand for sent products for sensitive skin um, and, uh, and then barrier protection. You mentioned that. So barrier repair and barrier re protection yeah. are something that seem to be coming maybe across Asia or, or across more sophisticated beauty markets yeah. in Asia. Yeah. So in Korea, the hot trend will be those kind of um, plantary extracts 
um, added with calming and um, calming um, benefits added with vegan. I think that's kind of like the key hot trend that's go that goes on. Mm, very interesting, and I think that's mm -hmm. um, you know, that's a that's a very different from China. So China obviously has some of these same trends, but that the plant aspect and the vegan aspect is not really there. Uh, yeah, plant, plant a little bit, but only uh, only, mm -hmm. and the vegan not at all, right? So so vegan mm -hmm. is not a thing. So it's very, I mean, it's not surprising that the markets are completely yeah. different. But it's um, it's interesting, and and I think as we were saying at the beginning, Korea does lead a lot of these trends. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see where that goes in other markets around, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. around Asia. So I, I guess talking about that in terms of other trends that you're seeing gaining traction or maybe these mm -hmm. the trends gaining traction in other markets in Asia, how do you, you guys look at mm -hmm. that with the data you've got? Um, as I've briefly mentioned before, like um, Korean consumers are really, really sensitive at those kind of new things, new trends, and mm. something they want to try something very new. Because, I mean, I think that um, the challenges that we have for Korean brands in, in locally is that um, people talk about the same trends, right? People, everybody talks about the same trends and it's a very trending trend that everybody actually launches. So what are the key main value that we need to deliver to our consumer to attract them and then to give an additional value to our products, right? But what I feel like by looking at the data is that rising brands uh, also for the steady seller, like they do have very main key driven keywords that, that actually attract their consumers. Even though like everybody talks about the vegan itself, like every, every brand talks about it, but still like really popular ones that actually do have key selling points such as, um, I don't know, vegan cushion and, or, or something like non, um, using the plant extracts and, Everybody also talks about hyaluronic acid in Korea as far mm -hmm. as the sarin, but still like they talk about why their hyaluronic acid is different than other other um, products. Like it gives very deep, 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 um, double layered kind of um, benefits and stuff like that. So I think that's something interesting that I, I would like to share and as well as because um, the market itself is really, really dynamic here in Korea. So even though you're not planning to enter the market in Korea, but still it's a good way to actually do some of the market study to take a hint. And then maybe that can be implemented in other regions. Yeah, just yeah. like how, yeah, how we have used cushion or derma, derma, derma this kind of theme was, was really, really popular, very few I think maybe really a decade ago I think the cushion mm. itself yeah, yeah so yeah so maybe it, it will be really good um market to actually to study from absolutely and I think we've talked about this before there's not a lot of English language content on Korea you know China's different in the last few years there's been a lot more yeah. content that you can discover about the market 
although yes. it's still not very product driven information. Right. Um, whereas Korea, I feel like, you know, there was this, this big trend of bringing K-beauty to Western markets and that's happened. And a lot of people, yes. you know, know about K-beauty from that. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. in terms of really influencing the product development of some of these brands, I think there, of course, there's some brands that produce in Korea. So that's, that's different. Right. But the, the ones that produce elsewhere, getting that um, intel is quite tricky. Uh, so, mm -hmm. so that's, that's very useful in terms of the, in terms of the data that they can access, right? Yeah, definitely. And also one other interesting part was that uh, a lot of those kind of K-beauty brands, like very indie brands, are doing actually well in Southeast Asia markets. Mm -hmm. So that's something I was really shocked by looking at the data itself. So yeah, maybe that's something if anybody wants kind of want to enter the Southeast Asia market, maybe it's also a good idea to explore the, and study the Korean trends. Because Southeast Asia yeah. is like, yeah, absolutely. Like really K trends are just like huge in Southeast Asian market. I, I mean, you are living in Jakarta, so exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's what that's, you know, here, just I think in terms of Korean culture, it is very popular, right? So K-pop, mm -hmm. everything, Korean drama, everything like that is very popular. And from that, the beauty, you know, of course the beauty yeah. becomes, becomes very popular. And that is something that we saw in China, say, 10 years ago or so, right? Exactly. And, I mean, exactly. Korean culture is still popular in China in, in mm -hmm. many areas. But just that, that sort of trend that we're on in Indonesia, but also Malaysia, your other Southeast Asian markets as well, I think, is, um, is very interesting for brands to, to really take note mm -hmm. of. Yeah, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, and we've also seen, like, local brands here in Indonesia uh sort of emulating korean you know they've got there's a lot of both retailers have korean brands and then also um indonesian brands are using korean elements in their products yeah right? yeah 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 and i um one of our colleagues in our team she's a local indonesian and um, she has done some of the research based on the Korean beauty trends emerging in those kind of SEA markets. And then one interesting point is that um, a lot of local Indonesian brands are also like following the Korean beauty trends, K-beauty brands and products, but selling at a lower price. Mm -hmm. So which actually leads to those kind of local consumers to already know, already know this trend has been emerged in Korea, but they can actually access way easier. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's, that's interesting. I think, um, you know, K-beauty is also interesting because it, as we alluded to, generally has quite an accessible price point anyway, right? Like it's, right. most of the brands are not high, high price points. So I think yeah. that's where in China, there's been more competition from local brands coming through. Exactly. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, certainly from a trend perspective, I think there's no question that Korea is still very, very influential in terms of, in terms of product trends. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Definitely, I think so too. So it, it might be really good for utilizing to study the market itself. Because we, we do actually have a client, um, they're not from Korea, but they, um, but they are really interesting Korean trends because for the product development side. 
So yeah. Mm, yeah, no, definitely, definitely. I think um and, and you know, I think career is uh it it is something that all brand founders and owners should have um you know have have their pulse a finger on the pulse of so uh, we've mm-hmm. talked about this before we need you guys yeah. to put out more content in english for uh, for people to yeah to, and of course of course if they work with you directly they have access to a wealth of um a wealth of data um so, so that's also a culture yeah i'll try to post more about the korean beauty trends in linkedin yeah Yeah, that would be great. That'd be great. Well, thank you so much, Holly. I think there's lots of information in there just talking about the real um, continued sort of strength of the Korean beauty trends Mm -hmm. and how how they they continue to be really important in the the total sort of world Mm -hmm. of beauty. And um, yeah, if people want, I'll put all the details below and if people want to connect with you on LinkedIn, they'll they'll be able to do it there. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me again. No worries. Thank you so much for joining me in this episode of Clean Beauty Asia, the podcast with me, Ali Rook. I hope you found the content useful with tips and tricks and takeaways that can really help you move your China journey forward. I always like to hear from my listeners, so please join me on LinkedIn, Ali Rook, or Instagram, Clean Beauty Asia, and I'll be very happy to talk to you more. Thanks again for listening. See you next week.